a free download from Delancey Elam Church. Meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at La Banks, St. Samson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us to find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. time of year for a frog is? Leap year. <laughs> oh, sorry about that one. <laughs> okay, sorry about that one. I, I'm in a roll now. So. Frog's favourite shoes? Open toed. <laughs> so I promise no more, no more. <laughs> Somebody's just got that one. Uh, Okay, Exodus chapter 8, verse 3. What about really about another night with the frogs? Verse 3 says, So the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, shall go forth, shall go up and down into your house, into your bedroom, on your bed, into the house of your servants, on your people, into your ovens. That wouldn't be a problem to me, but anyway, again to the ovens. Uh, into your kneading bowls, and the frogs shall come up on your people and all your servants. Get into verse 8. Then Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord, that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people. And I will let the people go, they may sacrifice the Lord. And Moses said to Pharaoh, Accept the honour of saying when I shall intercede for you, for your servants and your people, to destroy the frogs, not frogs, frogs, from you and your houses, that you may remain in the river only. So he said, here's the phrase I want to think of, he said, tomorrow. And he said, let it be according to your word that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. And the frogs shall depart from you and your houses and your servants and from your people and they shall remain in the river only. So there's this picture, really, kind of frogs out of control. You know, they're everywhere. Can you just think of frogs, kind of green, slimy, Kermit's kind of everywhere, you know what I mean? Everywhere you go, you know, we find in our house, before I go to bed, if there's a spider... And you say, I'm not going to sleep until that spider's dealt with. You know, I'm just not going to sleep with a, with a spider in the house or wherever it is. And you can imagine frogs in your bed, just everywhere you go, green, slimy frogs in your ovens, on your pizzas, on your Cornish pasties, on your, on your chicken tikka, whatever else you kind of have. And, and it, it, they're just absolutely kind of everywhere, covered absolutely everywhere. And... And Pharaoh, this is the crazy thing really, even though Moses offered to get rid of the frogs, Pharaoh said, and I want to see, let it be done tomorrow. You think about it. The power's there. God can deliver them. God can remove them from the frogs. But Pharaoh's response was, Tomorrow. Ever thought about what would motivate anybody to want to spend one more night with the frogs? 
but it could happen and be removed quite immediately. Maybe it was this sense that if, if I sort of get rid of those frogs right here and now, that maybe, maybe I lose my labour. He was kind of thinking, he said, what he would lose out, and he thought the only way to deal with it would be to postpone it. Let's put it off. Let's postpone it. Hopefully, if we postpone it, if we put it off, then maybe they might go. Ever thought sometimes that often we can kind of be a little bit like that? That we can say, tomorrow. We can somehow look at our situations. Actually, it's almost like the spiritual procrastination. What's that? That means almost that it's the failure to do the right thing at the right time. Failure to do the right thing at the right time. God's saying to man to deliver you with my power. He says tomorrow. How many would suggest that maybe tomorrow could be one of the most dangerous words we can ever say? Think about it this morning. I wonder what our kind of frogs are. Could they be habits? Could they be behaviour patterns? Apathy, indifference, marriage issues, inferiorities, insecurities, bitterness, fears, pains, maybe some problem at work, maybe some damaged relationship, maybe words of love and affirmation that are never really spoken, conflicts never resolved, commitments never honoured. Also, it can lead to all kinds of internal problems. Anxiety, Stress levels of guilt because we know we're not doing what we should. I think so many people can carry their yesterdays onto their tomorrows. Sometimes we can hear messages about things. All kinds of words, all kinds of messages, be challenged about things in our life and challenged about things that we need to deal with, circumstances we need to put right. And often our response is what? Tomorrow. Maybe I'll deal with it tomorrow. Deal with it tomorrow. Because often we think, if we kind of think that we're going to do something about it, then we think that's done something about it. But until you do something about it, you've not really done something about it. Do you understand that? Explain that to me afterwards. But you know what I mean? That we often think, because, I'm, because we say tomorrow, then actually we think we've kind of dealt with it. Because we thought we say tomorrow rather than actually dealing with it. And I feel very strongly today, God's bringing us to a point, and he wants us to look at maybe these things, and say, maybe there's things that I need to deal with today. Because often we don't really come into, we, you know, if we put things off tomorrow, then we never really come into the liberty and the freedom. Some of the things that can, can, can kind of confine us, and hold us in a, in a place of limitation in life, because there's issues, there's things that we, we constantly pour off. We don't confront, we don't deal with, and they build up. We kind of think, if we say tomorrow, maybe they might go away. But the reality is they're still there. We never deal with them. And we think we've dealt with them because we say in our minds, I'll do it when? Tomorrow. I deal with it tomorrow. Why don't you turn me to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15. And we realize that so much of what God says, God says today, and we say tomorrow. 
There's an interesting verse in Hebrews 3, verse 15. This is what it says here. What did it say? Today. If you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. What God calls us to deal with today I've found this often. If we don't deal with it, if you like, today, then slowly but surely our hearts can grow a little bit harder each time. The more we keep saying tomorrow, the more our hearts get harder and harder each time. Each time we say tomorrow, it means our hearts can get harder on the inside. In other words, The things that God says today, give it attention to. Areas of character, maybe certain habits, maybe negative behavior problems. That God is calling us to change and is calling us to change it when? When? Today. (laughs) You know, King Saul, what are the main, you know, King Saul gets a lot of bad press. But you know what, he started off really well, haven't you realized that? He started off such a, a great king. He was humble. He was sort of really just used by God. He prophesied. He had all kinds of amazing things going on in the early part of his ministry. But one day, a guy called David killed a giant. And the people began to say, Saul has killed his thousands. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of good, good publicity, really. But they say of David, he has killed his tens of thousands. And from that point on, Saul became bitter and envious of David. The bitterness began to grow within him began to consume him, began to consume his thoughts. Everything he did was consumed by David. Do you think that that envy, that jealousy did him good? It damaged his relationship with his people. It damaged his relationship within his family. He began to make bad, unwise decisions. And all the time, God, trying to speak to Saul. He sent sent Samuel to speak to him, to confront him. But still he held on to his bitterness and his envy. Even David could have killed him, but he, remember he could have killed David? He was in the the cave, the Bible puts it very nice. We'd put it this way, he was in the bathroom, basically, in the cave, in the bathroom. And David's men said, one opportunity, now you can kill him. God has delivered our enemy into your hands. And the Bible says that David, he just cut just a little bit of, just a little bit of, just a, a square from his, from his cloak. And the Bible says, quite amazing, he says, his heart was smoked within him. Imagine that. He could have killed him, and all he did was cut a, a little bit from his tunic, but his heart was smoked within him. He felt convicted, even about that. That's why David was a man of God's heart, because he was very sensitive to when God convicted him and challenged him. 
And so Saul had opportunity to put those airs like, but he didn't respond to the convicting work of God today. He began to nurse the anger and the bitterness rather than deal with it and put it right. You know, isn't it true today that there can be things that God kind of grips our hearts over, begins to stir us, begins to challenge us about certain things that have attached themselves to our heart. Things that are leading us away from God. Things that are damaging our relationships. Things that are affecting our families. Attitudes that are holding us back in our walk with God. And we say, tomorrow. But tomorrow never comes. That's why God says, if you hear his voice today, do not harden your hearts. Respond. Deal. Remove. Deal with it. Begin to say, I refuse to live under the illusion that tomorrow is going to go away. But I'm seeking to confront and deal with those things that God is stirring my heart over. Today, if you hear his voice, I'll confess it, I'll deal with it today. i find help today. I'll receive prayer today. Whatever it takes, I'm going to do all I can because I don't want to be a person of tomorrow, I want to be a person of today. Why is it we have this tomorrow syndrome? And I've been thinking about this all. What, what, what causes a tomorrow syndrome? I thought of just a few things. Here's the first thing, perfection. We almost feel that, that, we're, that we, we're going to wait until everything's perfect. And when everything's perfect, when everything's just at the right time, when everything's just right, then I will deal with it. You know what the reality is? There'll never be a time in your life when everything's just right. Let's be honest. Have you ever had a week (laughs) where everything is absolutely perfect? Have you ever had a day that absolutely everything's perfect? Have you ever had an hour that everything's perfect? (laughs) You know, the truth is that there's absolutely never, ever a perfect time. There will always be a hundred and one reasons. Circumstances will never be perfect. You know, I'll get more committed when I sort that situation out. I'll fulfill that dream when I have more time. I'll sort that issue out when, when the time's right. And the truth is, it never, ever gets easier. You know, I'll step out and witness when the circumstances are easier. Maybe I'll deal with that thing when the pain begins to ease off. When the pain goes. You know what I found in life? This is absolutely true, and I've found this so much in my own life. Sometimes you've got to keep going, keep the mo- momentum going in pain. I can't actually say that, honestly. There's also been times... I've just had to keep going. Even though my heart's been breaking, I've been in pain, I've been hurting, and I've realised I've just got to keep going. I've got to keep the momentum going. Because there's the point. You do it first of all with a limp. How many have been there? You know, and you're walking with a limp. 
Before you know where you are, you're walking. And before you know where you are, you're running. But you, but you can't wait until all the pain goes before you deal with it. Sometimes you've got to deal with things in the pain. Keep it going. Keep the momentum going, even in the midst of the pain. I believe if we build our lives on the truth of God's word, not on our circumstances, and not even on the facts of your situation. Isn't that amazing? That you know the truth of God's word is far greater than the facts of your life. The truth of God's word is far greater than the facts of your circumstances, doctor's reports, things people have said about you, circumstances, all kinds of things. God's word, God's truth, is greater than the facts. We don't deny the facts, but we believe God's word is of a higher value. It's far greater. It's far above any fact. His truth is far greater. You shall know the truth. If you abide in the truth, if you live in the truth, if you make that the foundation and the basis of your life, then that truth will bring you liberation and freedom. Can you say amen? I'm going to sound cool now. I want to quote a, a verse from a U2 song. That's cool. I didn't realize how cool I was. Uh, this is what they said. It says, you have been stuck in a moment and now you can't get out of it. I don't want to hear that's so powerful. You get stuck in a moment, but now you can't get out of it. I think there's certain moments that happen in life, and we find ourselves stuck in those moments. The moment a teacher or a parent or someone said over your life, you'll never make anything of your life. You're a total failure. You'll never achieve anything. That was a moment that you're still living in. It's a moment that you've never really got past. It could be what some person did to you. They treated you in in such a harsh way. And it was a moment that took place right there. And the reality is, in that moment, you've never got free from that moment. It may have happened many years ago. Maybe a failure. And you look back and you realize, I failed at that moment. And that Failure in that moment is still holding your heart. You're still living in the past of that moment. And that's why we need to believe, and you believe the power of the blood. To believe the power of the blood can totally set you free. The power of the cross that liberates and delivers us. The power of the living God, the power of his word that can totally break its grip and break its hold over our lives. That's why I believe with all my heart, the blood of Jesus and the word of God is greater than any fact, any fact of my past. It may have happened. It may be something that really did happen. It's a fact. But the word and the power of the blood is greater than that fact. And you say, amen. Here's the next thing. I think fear can cause us to have a tomorrow syndrome. The fear of failure. We put it off tomorrow because we're afraid of failing. Fear of what people think of us. The fear of people rejecting us. That's a massive one. If I deal with that, maybe people might reject me. 
fear of rejection. Ever thought about this? Probably said it before. Fear is not your friend. It really isn't. Sometimes we can welcome it as a friend, but fear is not your friend. And fear does not come from God. Paul said to Timothy, God did not give you what? A spirit of fear. So if God didn't give it you, then it didn't come from him. Is that right? Fear is the enemy's greatest weapon. It attacks us in all kinds of ways and rounds. And the whole point of fear is to cause you to live in your tomorrows. The Bible says he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. When we partner with a spirit of fear, you begin to lose control and that begins to gain control of your life. Notice what it says. Now remember all this is opposite. So a spirit of, if, if we don't receive fear, then we have a sound mind. So the opposite must be true. A spirit of fear causes our mind to feel, we feel chaotic. Our minds go out of control. Our minds are absolutely chaotic. We can't think straight. How many remember that? How many have known that? You have irrational thoughts. Thoughts that actually when you look back on it, you can't believe you had those thoughts. They seem so irrational. They seem so ridiculous. Because the thoughts begin to grow and they begin to deepen. And it says that God gave you a spirit of power. What fear does is this. It makes you feel powerless. You feel powerless in the midst of the challenges. You don't feel you've got any power to deal with it. You feel overwhelmed. There's no power. You don't feel any power in life. And so we say things like this. I could never do that. Those are words of feeling powerless, aren't they? I could never do that. Oh, it could, I could never do that. Those are words of powerlessness. What are words of power? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when you begin to partner with the Holy Spirit, He begins to empower you. And I think one of the main things that, and I'm glad we sang about it, I just love that song because I think it's the massive thing that we, all of us are battling and dealing with is fear. Thank you, but part of my goal really is to be fear free. Think about your own life right now. Can you imagine how different you would be if that fear wasn't there? Ask yourself this question as well. Think, ask, ask yourself this question. If you say tomorrow, what are you afraid of now? Because if you're saying tomorrow, that means there must be something you're afraid of that makes you say tomorrow. What is the fear that is causing you to say tomorrow? Here's the next thing. Turn to me Proverbs 13, verse 4. I think the next thing is that we, we kind of, we like things easy. Yeah, to all of us. Yeah, I just want something really, really easy. And sometimes, to deal with it today, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's going to cost us something. Sometimes it's going to hurt to deal with things today. And we like things kind of easy. Look at Proverbs 13, verse 4. How many love the Proverbs? I just... 
It says, the soul of a lazy man desires there's nothing, but the soul of a diligent soul shall be made rich. Think about this. How many would think this book would, would, would sell? Ten, ten gut-wrenching steps to deal with your marriage. Or ten easy steps to have a happy marriage. What would you think would be the bestseller? Isn't that right? Because we think, oh, let me try and find something that's easy. And the truth is, sometimes the easy way, sometimes is not the best way. It's not easy sometimes to have a good marriage. It's not easy to have a good family. It's not easy to have an effective Christian life. It's not easy to have good relationships. If it was easy, then everyone would have it. Is that right? And so sometimes to, 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 to deal with that kind of tomorrow syndrome, sometimes you've got to say, God... I know if I deal with it today, it's going to cost me something. It's going to hurt. But there's one to get a hold of. The rewards will always outweigh the price you pay. Is that right? Think about it. It, it will out, it'll outweigh everything. The rewards of what you gain far outweighs any pain, anything you go through to deal with those things. Think about this. If I delay the problem... It will not get easier. In fact, the longer I leave it, the harder it begins to get. You know what God's answer to sin is? Quick action. Isn't that right? He doesn't say, tell you what, I'll give you a few months to deal with it. It's always quick actions. All will not be better if we neglect it. Let me give you the cost of tomorrows. Here's the first thing. Wasted opportunities. I think that when you're living, you're saying you want to deal with things today, you make the most of every opportunity. Opportunity to bring someone to church. Opportunity to, to bless someone. Opportunities to serve. You know, I think there's moments where we have opportunities to, to do something. To serve or bless someone. To, to witness to someone. To share Jesus with someone. And sometimes those opportunities never, ever come again. And the reason why we can put off opportunities is we say, well, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, I'll share with them tomorrow. I'll bless that person tomorrow. I'll, I'll serve tomorrow. I'll do this tomorrow. And we miss the opportunities. You know, who remembers when they were 21? You know, now I'm in my 40s. <laughs> oh, that hurt. You're all laughing. That hurt. But now I'm in my, now I'm in my 50s. But 21 didn't seem that long ago. I only found that. I was saying to someone earlier that it seemed eight months ago when we planned Amy's wedding. It seemed eight months ago. And it seemed a long way off. It seems, oh, that seems such a long way off. But now it's a week away. How quickly these things come upon us. And so, what we want to say is I want to, take, I want to make the most of every moment. I think a person, if you like, who lives for today is a person who makes the most of every opportunity today brings. You're going to grab it by both hands because you don't know when those opportunities are going to come again. Amen? And so you're going to make the most of it, take opportunity to use every moment you can. And I think there's another area of a, t- a guilty of a tomorrow syndrome. There's all kinds of areas that we can be 
kind of say, you know what? I need to deal with this. I'll put that right. But let's say I am going to deal with it when? Today. Today when you hear his voice. I'm going to make a resolution that I'm not going to... Here's a good one we do. Excuses. Look at this one. I like this. Proverbs 21. Proverbs 22, verse 13. It kind of seems strange, but it shows you how sometimes, how ridiculous we all can get without excuses. Sometimes we are brilliant at making excuses, aren't we? I can't do it today because... And we think of all these amazing excuses that flood into our mind. We are geniuses, isn't it? We are absolutely geniuses at, at, at kind of excusing our own minds what God is calling us to do. And I kind of like this. It's a kind of crazy verse, but I kind of like it. Proverbs 2, verse 13. The lazy man says, there is a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. You know, that is the most ridiculous excuse ever. You know, I can't go outside because a lion might attack me. I mean... And let me just say, there weren't a great deal of lions around at that point in time. There were, but not around. And he's saying, you know, and so he, what, what, what the writer is saying is sometimes we think of the most ridiculous reasons of why we say tomorrow and not today. Someone said this, excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. And we are, all of us can so easily rationalize or blame others. Or look for excuses of the way we are. Take honesty before God and say, God, you know what? No excuse anymore. I'm laying down my excuses. I'm laying down the blame game because I'm saying today, not tomorrow. Okay, let me just show you how we can begin to do it today. Look at Mark 9.23. Believe God will help you. Any believe that? Well-known verse in Mark 9:23. And Jesus said, "If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes." Begin to believe. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Isn't that wonderful? That we haven't got to do it in our own power, in our own strength. All we've got to do is say, "God, I just turn it over to you." Believe that God can help you and believe his power can work in your life. One translation said, it is Christ who strengthens, who helps me master anything. Isn't that powerful? There's nothing in the power of the living Christ that you can't master. Nothing. Absolutely nothing you can't master under the power of under the strength, under the anointing of the power of Christ. I tell you, something that really kind of helps a lot is when we picture the gain that comes from it. Think of yourself. I wonder how different my life would be if that fear no longer had such a grip on my life. I wonder how different my life would be if that issue wasn't there. I wonder how much more God could use me if I dealt with that stuff in my life. I wonder how much I'd gain. How greater my marriage could be. How greater my relationships could be. How greater my walk with God could be. 
how much freer I would feel. Ever thought about this? You know when you do something good, when you resist temptation, when you say no to something, don't you feel good? Come on, don't you feel good? You think, wow, or you bless somebody, or you you help us. It, It makes you really, really feel good. I tell you what, I tell you something so true. That whenever you've done that, there's never any regret. You don't say to a couple of years later, I'm so, I'm so, I so regret I obeyed God in that situation. I so regret I held on to, I didn't, I didn't deal with that bitterness. You, know, you, you don't have regrets about the times you obey God. Is that right? But think of the times where you failed or messed up or, or disobeyed God. Think of how that makes you feel. So I think what God's saying, think of the rewards. Think of, of, of the change. Think of, of the benefits. That's why David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. There's no blessing of the Lord that comes and you feel sorrowful about the blessing. And you think, oh, I'm so disappointed that God's blessed me. I'm so disappointed the way God has worked in my life. I'm so disappointed about the closeness I feel to Jesus. You know, I mean, you're not right. We don't feel disappointed about that. In fact, we are so grateful. We so enjoy every blessing that the Lord gives. There is no sorrow added to it. Just a quick thing, and I'll finish with a few of these things. I'll set a deadline to commit to action. James 4, verse 14. How many realize that good intentions are not enough? Set a deadline to deal with it. Here's another one. Get a partner. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 says about two together. I get somebody you become accountable to. Somebody you can pray with. Somebody who can encourage you. Someone that together you can work it through. Can you say amen? Two together. Find a partner, someone that you can partner with, someone you can share your heart with, someone you can pray with, someone that's there for you, that knows you, and you can trust and is going to support you and be with you. Here's the last one. Proverbs 27, verse 1. Start now. (laughs) Start now. Do not boast about tomorrow. For you do not know what a day may bring forth. One of these days means none of these days. None of us, actually. You know the one thing in the Bible what you're not guaranteed of? Do you know what? None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Tell your loved ones that you love them today. You know what I'm so pleased about? Oh, I was so so grateful I got an opportunity actually just before just before my mum died I think one of the greatest moments I had was to tell her how much I loved her so what I'm saying today don't put it off tell your loved ones that you love them today get started on your dream now get any issues sorted out get it sorted out now start a great prayer life now Begin, here's a good one, get a list 
and say, these are, the, these are the loved ones. These are the ones I really want to see saved. And I'm going to pray through from this day forth. Going to, I'm going to pray for them every single day. I'm going to look for opportunity. I'm going to do all that I can to get them saved. And I'm going to do it today. I'm going to commit myself to see those loved ones and those friends saved now. Maybe there's a letter you need to write. Write it now. People you need to forgive. Forgive them when now. Situations you want to deal with. Deal with it now. Because there's something about dealing with things now. How many realise that those things just don't disappear just because you left it? You, you kind of left it. Ever had that thing you kind of brush it under the car? You know, it's actually true, isn't it? Oh, quick, put it under there. And then next week, oh, put it under there. Before you know where you are, you've got a high carpet, amen? <laughs> and that's after the where we are in life. And God says, today, if you hear my voice. So, what frogs have you got? <laughs> Let's drive them out. And do it when? Today. Let's stand. Let's just come forward right now in these moments. I just want the Holy Spirit just to come. Let the Holy Spirit come right now. And say, Holy Spirit, are there things I need to deal with today? People I need to reach out. Things I need to deal with. I've been putting it off. Saying I'll deal with it tomorrow. But Lord, I, I realise now this is my moment right here and now. And so right here and now, I'm coming before you. And I'm putting it right, right here and now. Maybe you're here today. You don't even know Jesus. Or that you knew him and you've kind of fallen from him. And maybe you're here this morning because God wanted you to hear that today is the day of salvation. Right here, right now, right at this moment. Today is the day of salvation. And I just want to pray a prayer this morning. If you've never received Jesus or if you've maybe turn from him and you want to recommit your life right here and now don't say tomorrow but today if today you're going to recommit your life to Jesus and do it right here, right now right to this moment pray this prayer with me from your heart say dear Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me on the cross thank you for shedding your blood I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you now, Lord Jesus, to come and live inside my life. I put my trust in you completely and totally. From this day forth, I give my life completely, fully and utterly to you right now. If you pray that prayer we've got, you come and see me afterwards as we'd love to pray for you more and and give you something afterwards. Maybe you're a Christian here today and say, Lord, today, you know what? I've been holding back areas of my life and 
I've been kept saying maybe tomorrow. But right now, I want to surrender my life fully to Jesus. Everything to you. And I think that's true of all of us. So just hold your hands out before you right now. It's almost an act of surrender. It says, Jesus, right now in these moments, I surrender fully to you. I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to deal with it today. I surrender everything I am to you. All that I am, I give to you. And when you're surrendering all to Jesus, you're bringing your hurts, your pains, your disappointments. Saying, Lord, I bring to you my hurts, my pains, my disappointments. I bring it all to you today. But Lord, in a fresh way today, I commit myself fully to Jesus. Lord, we come to you today and we, we come as Isaiah, Lord. So here we are. Use us. Lord, we, we, we offer ourselves to you afresh and anew. We, we commit our lives. We commit all that we are. We commit every part of our lives. We, we commit ourselves as living sacrifices fully to you. We give ourselves unreservedly, totally to you. We do it right now, Lord. We don't do it tomorrow. We do it today. We offer ourselves today to you. Lord, and, and we ask you right now, as we, as we offer ourselves to you, I pray, God, that you'd put a fire, the mighty fire of the Spirit right now. Put your fire in every heart right now. Cause a fire to burn in us so strong and so powerful, God, that we'd never be the same again. Lord, we want to be passionate for you. We want to give ourselves fully to you, Lord. We want to unreservedly offer ourselves without excuse, fully and completely to you right now, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.